0: The second movie isn't always like the first, is it? Sometimes it's even better. Eh, or is it? On this episode of Moving Panels, we discuss Electra. Welcome to Moving Panels, the podcast where we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. I'm your host, Laramie Wells, and joining me today in the co host chair from the Pop Culture Roulette Podcast. It's Nicholas Pepin. Hey, how's it going? It's going, uh, just like this movie does. It just goes. Well, I'm Uh. I'm, I'm beginning. I'm beginning to think
1: that I'm I'm your go-to bad movie guy. (laughs) We did Blade. We did Blade. That is true. Blade was good, but then we did not a bad. Then we did Hulk. Yeah. And now we're doing this one. Now, granted, most of them have been uh, self-imposed, so I guess I can't blame you. But
0: listen, you did (laughs) sign up for them. And and just go ahead and give a spoiler here. Uh, next week, two of us along with Tim Williams are gonna actually talk about bad superhero movies and decide which one we think's the worst.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so you know that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, the listeners will have fun, either agreeing or disagreeing
0: with us on that one. But and this was one of the movies on that list. So you'll have to to kind of get a. A feel of how we feel um, about it listening to this episode and then see how we felt about it when we uh, we put it up against other bad movies. And I know we're already saying bad movie, but everybody knows Electra is not really a favorite, uh, you know, a movie that people think fondly of when they think back to superhero films. No, I, and I think it's not a
1: movie that has aged well. You know, because I I seem to well, and I I can prove it to myself by how I rated it on IMDb, yeah. and and then I went back and I uh, I had to edit my IMDb rating because I hadn't watched it in a long time. You know, kind of a, a recency bias thing. Like when you see it, you're like that, ah, but now you're like, oh, with everything else we have, oh
0: man. Yeah, the CGI is something that as I'm rewatching and I'm going, man, I know this was 2005, but this is some. Bad CGI.
1: <laughs> well, I mean I you know, and we talked about it a little bit with uh when we did Hulk a couple you know, a couple months ago, that uh, you know, there's not as much of an excuse because, you know, they did have Blade and Spider Man and a few other movies. But I mean I think at the time I was just so happy to have a comic book movie from any oh, yeah. from any company that it was hard for me to be like, that was terrible. And, you know, as well I'm sure we'll bring up or I'll bring up time and time again, Jennifer Garner.
0: and just to think that this movie comes out and then three years later we would get the mcu kicking off with iron man like it's still it's amazing just how i don't sometimes i don't think about how close these movies really were
1: you know what until you just put it right there in black and white for me i didn't think about it either i i seemed i was like man they're so far apart but three years
0: yeah and and Sometimes I even forget how Kevin Feige was already a part of it. Like he's he's a producer on this movie. Oh, well, so he learned early what not to do. But I but I well yeah probably from following Avi Arad. But
1: yeah, it's uh now now granted for me I think the reason why it feels so far apart was that in 2005 I was living in Florida and in between 2005 and 2008 I moved from Florida to Wisconsin to Virginia to California back to Virginia. And, um, wow, so I was somewhere in Virginia when Iron Man came out. So there was a lot of upheaval in my life at the time. So there's, there might be a reason why I can't put those two right next
0: to each other. I mean, you're jumping around drastic locations the same way this movie does. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but let's, let's go ahead and get into it. So we've talked about our, uh, our, our thoughts about this movie prior, uh, already, But uh, the movie was released January 14th of 2005. I don't know why they decided to release it then. You would think maybe wait another month and do it as a Valentine's movie, maybe. I would think that that could get guys and girls into the theater. But uh, did you see it in the theaters, or did you see it when it came out? Oh, yeah. Absolutely,
1: I saw it in the theaters.
0: I don't think I did. I don't think I saw it until after it came out on video. I don't remember seeing it in theaters, so... Yeah, I don't think I did. I know I saw Daredevil in theaters in 2003, but I don't think I saw Elektra. I don't think I had the interest in it at the time. So uh, I've got to point this out. This is just this is me as the math teacher. Um, not a big fan of using the sigma as the letter E, considering that is not uh, the Greek letter E. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I there's a lot of things that don't make sense, and, and yeah, we're, we're, which
0: we're, I have a whole list of them. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've got some things on my list
1: here too. But uh,
0: what did you know about? Uh, are you were you familiar, or are you familiar? I guess now with uh, the director Rob Bowman. Um,
1: you know what? I did kind of briefly look over, but I've forgotten most of him. I don't.
0: I can't think of where where he came from. So well, he directed Airborne. Do you remember the movie Airborne? no yeah most most people don't uh he also he was actually very successful on television with the x-files directed a lot of great episodes of the x-files and even he was the director of the first x-files movie
1: okay all right so i am familiar with his work then
0: and he directed reign of fire
1: oh well you know so not so good with movies but tv all right
0: yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, no, I and when I looked him up, was looking more. I also found out he he is also the guy behind Castle, which I was a big fan oh, I of love Castle. Castle. I mean, yeah, I, I think I loved X Files more if I had to compare the two, but I did love Castle. Yeah, he he was a both a writer and a director on Castle. Um, I did find out that at one point Oliver Stone was going to direct this movie.
1: Yeah, I saw that, um, and yeah. quite honestly, I think it's for the best he didn't.
0: Yeah. I'd be very interested in an Oliver Stone-directed superhero movie.
1: Yeah, I I remember reading something about what he wanted to do with it, and I was like, man, that would have gone every bit as badly as the James Cameron Spider-Man would have.
0: Well, he wanted Gabrielle Reese to play Electra.
1: Which, I mean, I feel like, and part of the problem with Electra in this movie is that you need an actual actress. Not to say that Jennifer Garner isn't an actress, but... um, You know, spoiler alert, she didn't want to be in this movie. Like, she wanted out. No, she was...
0: Yeah, contract. (laughs) Contract. So,
1: um, I feel like, you know, that was back in the day when they didn't care about trying to get things right. I don't... I can't say... Because I did look up Gabrielle Reese's uh, IMDb, and there's a lot of her just being herself on TV shows. Yeah,
0: because she's a volleyball player. She's not a... Yeah, she's not an actress.
1: Well, I mean, Jason Statham was a diver. So, you know, it's not like... There isn't a, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I have you know, she hasn't exactly gone on to like a super successful acting career that you're like, "Wow, man, maybe she could have pulled it off." I mean, Mark Wahlberg eventually
0: pulled it off. So,
1: Yeah, it took it him a happen. while,
0: but Yeah, it can happen. Like
1: Green Day and their right. guitars, eventually if you hold them long enough, you get good at it. Wow. Okay. I I have um, a, I have a special level of hatred for Green Day, but that's another podcast altogether.
0: Yep. Good riddance was actually my high school graduation song. so Okay. Just to throw that one out there. All right, let's get into the characters. Uh, I'm going to list them off really quick, and then we can go back and, and talk. Uh, so you got Electra, played by Jennifer Gardner, fresh off the success of 13 Going on 30. So she was riding high with 13 Going on 30. Uh, Alias was a big hit. Um, in fact, there's a lot you can find out there about them having to film this movie between a hiatus of her filming Alias. Uh, Then she makes this movie, and then she follows it up with Catch and Release. You remember Catch and Release?
1: Yes. It has Kevin Kevin Smith in it. It has Kevin
0: Smith in it, yeah. Yeah,
1: So, yeah, I'm I'm fully aware of this movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, Then we've got Stick, played by General Zod himself, Terrence Stamp, um, or as many of you might remember him as his great character performance in The Haunted Mansion. Um, That's a... Another one to remember there. Uh, Then we've got Mark and Abby Miller, played by Goran Vinicic. I always don't know how to pronounce his name. Pretty much the George Clooney replacement from ER. And uh, Kirsten Prout. We got uh, Roshi, played by... (laughs) I mean, I just look at him and I immediately think uh, Shang Tsung from uh, Mortal Kombat. Right. But uh, Carrie... Hiroyuki Yuki Tagawa. I apologize to him if I mispronounced part of that. Uh, you got Karigi played by Will Yun Lee, who I more recognize now from the Good Place, uh, not the Good Place, the Good Doctor. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but yeah. he was he would come back in another comic book movie. He was in the Wolverine.
1: Yes, I yeah. I'm familiar with him from. A, I can't necessarily point and go, oh, I know him from that, but he's one of those guys. that's like,
0: oh, I know, yeah. I know. I know that guy. I know that guy. Moving on to actors you probably would never recognize, uh, you have McCabe, Electra's quote-unquote agent, which we can talk about, uh, played by Colin Cunningham. Uh. Typhoid, played by Natasha Mallet. We got Stone, played by Bob Sapp, who I swore was going to be related to Warren Sapp, but he is not. Tattoo, played by Chris Akerman, and Kinku played by Edison Ribeiro. Um, so those that was the main ones I focused on, although one of them, I don't know if you'd call main, but I had to include him anyway. Let's uh, go ahead and ask the question, and then we can talk about these characters a little bit more. So, Nicholas, who of that group would you want it to see more of, and who did you want to vanish in a poof of green smoke? Um, I will say uh, Colin Cunningham. I... I... It's one of those like
1: going back and watching it. I'm like, oh, but when he was on Falling Skies. Um, okay. Uh, and I didn't watch that, but I'm oh, I am know of it. it's really good. Uh, and then there is a really like super heavy, heavy cheesy show called Blood Drive. It was only on sci-fi for one season. It was okay. insane. It was not. I don't know how sci-fi channel aired it because it wasn't really a sci-fi channel. It was more of an HBO level show than sci-fi. Yeah. But uh, it's a uh, it's well. I mean, they did the same thing with Happy. Uh, that is that, that is true. But Blood Drive. Yeah. I mean, Colin Cunningham is one of those actors that like I know I'm in for a good time. Not necessarily a, a good movie or a good show, but he uh, yeah. he brings a level of of you know commitment and a level of crazy. So, yeah. but I, I forgot. A little... I forgot that I had seen him in this movie before. I had seen all that other stuff. It's
0: well, I wasn't familiar with him, but I, I kind of agree with you. Like he he does bring. There's there's he probably there's more life to his character than I think there is to anything else in this movie.
1: And um all of the characters who end up in a poof of green smoke are pretty much the ones I would send to the, the poof of <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh of course McCabe, um, who Colin Cunningham plays. Uh, he was, he's not from the comics. Uh, he's one of the, the few characters that are not, he's created for the movie. Although there is a connection to the name McCabe in the comics, but we can get into that, uh, when we get into the moving panels. So let's go ahead and jump into Electra then. Uh, so what were your thoughts? So first, Electra, as I always like to give the background, Electra first appeared in Daredevil number 168 in January, 1981. She is a creation as many of these characters are. Of the great Frank Miller. (laughs) But I've always had... This has always been my problem with Elektra. She has the worst secret identity ever. (laughs) Because she just uses her name? (laughs) Yeah. She just uses her name. Which, when you go back and you, you go through the story of how her and Matt Murdock were in a relationship in college. And then she later returns as a villain... Like, how Matt doesn't just immediately go, hey, wait, right, you have the same name. Because
1: I know so many women named Electra. Like, I've never met yeah.
0: one in real life. Like, there's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I was, love that throwaway line, too, of, uh, a Greek, the, from the Greek tragedy, your parents must have had a sense of humor. Nah, not really. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I cannot say for certain how familiar I was with the character before the movie. I mean, I've been... I, I was thinking about it, and I think when it comes to Marvel, like I'm probably a bigger fan of the street level characters. So, your Daredevils, mm-hmm. your Electras, your, you know, Luke Cage, Iron, you know, not the, yeah. not the Cotton. Like, the Defenders. Yeah. I don't necessarily get into the cosmic characters as much. I mean, I am a big Thor fan, um, but it is like, you know, like, I I don't know like I I really I think I enjoy the street so I am aware of these guys and I have a lot more Electra books and Daredevil books down in my collection than I do like you know the Guardians or yeah yeah the X-Men or anything like that so
0: so what were your thoughts on I know she had already played a played Electra in Daredevil but what are your thoughts of Jennifer Gardner being Electra
1: I don't have a problem with it. I thought she did. I mean, I thought she has she has the look. You know, she clearly has the acting chops to do it. I Again, it goes back to she either didn't enjoy her experience on Daredevil or because that movie had gotten so panned. Like, you could tell she didn't really want to be in this movie.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of st- a stoic nature to her. And um where she's just flat yeah and, on in almost everything.
1: And it's hard to know for certain if she was just trying to do something or be a certain type of character, or if it was because she really was just like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We have to go over here. <laughs> and yet, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh we yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh Anything you want to say about uh, Terrence Stamp and him doing a horrible job playing a blind guy? I uh, no, I mean
1: it's Terrence Stamp. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you get what Terrence Stamp gives you. I mean, he's obviously, you know, he's got a very long career. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know I mean, general. I mean, he's done a lot more than just General Zod and Haunted Mansion. But yeah, I mean. I think, other than the supporting characters, like your main cast, the, those two in particular, really just were like, "Yeah, we have to be here because it's a paycheck."
0: Yeah, uh, and I'll, you know, I mean, the the stick character you talked about being in the into the lower level characters, you know, the stick character is more associated with Daredevil, right? Than he is with Elektra. I mean, he trained both of them in the comics, right? Um. And it's just weird having him in this movie, and there is zero mention of Daredevil at all. Yeah, expect, I, I just especially I find that they, very weird.
1: They cut the one Daredevil scene. Yeah. Flashback. Which is bad. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's it's Ben Affleck and just like what a sweater and some blue jeans and he, <laughs> a sweatshirt or whatever he was wearing. Right. Yeah. What about uh, your thoughts on. Uh, Mark and Abby, so characters created just for the movie to be the the you know the linchpin to the whole story.
1: I, I mean, it just it seemed like such a random. And again, I think it comes from an era of comic book movies where they were more interested in just doing the name than the the comics themselves because they picked. Mm-hmm. They didn't do really. A, I mean, there's probably a a version of this story somewhere with different characters, but. You know, it, it just seemed like they were just like, oh, uh, I mean, there's so many things you could have picked from to just up and yeah. invent characters, and then randomly give yeah. the girl like, did she have superpowers or I didn't quite I didn't really know you what mean, was
0: going on there. You mean her jump rope of truth, right? She, uh, yeah, yeah, she had there. Yeah, and that's the 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 thing about the treasure and her being the treasure, which Terrence Stamp sticks little narration at the beginning which is always a good sign of a good movie when they give the you know like legend foretells at the beginning of a movie that's always a good indicator that uh y- you know what you're getting in- into but the whole treasure thing like I was so confused by that especially once they kind of reveal that oh well, not kind of reveal she flat out says it when typhoid says you know I used to be the treasure right. and I'm like wait so if you were the treasure, and you work for the hand, why, why didn't, as they said, the treasure would, ba- would shift the balance over? It made no sense. I don't think that these guys were paying
1: attention to their
0: own script as much as they thought they were. Yeah, yeah. And again, that was that goes into that location thing. Uh, you know, kind of getting into the movie art here. Like, where was this movie? Like, where was it set? Because you've got scenes like when they go to the bar to confront Stick that looks like they're back in New York, but then you've got them on this remote island uh, that's somewhere in Canada, I guess, is what you would have to assume. Then you're all of a sudden at this fancy house, which I would assume is in Greece because it's her childhood home. Yeah, they don't really explain the travel at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then sticks little training center that looks like it's up in the mountains of the Himalayas or something. Yeah. And it's all and it's all Christmas time. Let's not forget that little oh, throwaway line.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they kind of with the beginning will in when she's fighting all the random guys and then kills that guy that nobody talks about ever again. Yeah. Uh, Jason Isaac, yeah. Yeah, who uh yeah, it's snowing and it's supposedly cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all dressed up in big old jackets, and she's running around in a little leather outfit.
0: But yeah, so confusing. Which of the uh, which of the I guess <laughs> group of villains um, did you did you actually think worked? <laughs> because I don't think any of them did. I mean, I guess the main
1: guy, K- Kuroji? Karu, Kuro- Karugi, Kuro- Kuro- Karugi, Karugi. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess him just for lack of, I mean, if I had to pick somebody, cause like, I mean, Bob Sapp, you know, God bless him was trying his hardest, but clearly not an actor. And if you look at his IMDb page, he doesn't try. Being yeah. He, that. he does. He no, kind of gives he's a up. fighter. Yeah. He kind of
0: gives up on being an actor pretty fast. Um, I, I will say the McCabe shooting him with the buckshot and then him just wiping it all off is one of the coolest moments of the movie. But here's something interesting. The character of Stone that he is playing in the comic books is a female character. Yeah. And she also, she has the same ability, but she can only uh, do it if she knows the attack is coming. That's kind of weird. Which means, yeah, which means that gunshot would not have, would have killed her. And Elektra stabbing him in the back would have worked because he, he would not have known either one of those were coming.
1: Yeah, I did. I did look up Tattoo because I was like, what is his power? And again, I think it was another gender swap they did.
0: Okay, so that one's a little bit more interesting. So there are actually several characters named Tattoo. And a lot of people think that it's the kind of the main one, which is a female character. And all she can do is like send messages through her tattoos. But there actually is another character that's from a really random uh, (laughs) version. random side of Marvel uh, in a comic called uh, Gentix and this character tattoo, which is a male appeared in Gentix number two in 1993. And he has the exact same powers yeah. where his tattoos come to life. And even if it was like a sword, like he, he could pull the sword out of his body. There's also a guy in DC that I think, I think it's called the tattoo man who has the the same ability.
1: Uh, probably I mean Marvel and DC are always ripping each other off which is why they never sue well why they very rarely ever sue each other
0: yeah and but then Kirgi Kirgy, however you pronounce it again he, he's the one that came out in that same run with Frank Miller he was introduced to Frank Miller but his his power set is different now in the comic it's implied that he can't die because uh, he is stabbed by uh Electra you know, kind of the same way that Bullseye stabs her. Uh she even decapitates him at one point and the hand just put his head and body back together. But in this one, he's got like is it teleportation? Is it speed? I and then I don't. And know. then does he have some sort of power over bed sheets? Yes, he clearly um, has power <laughs> over bed sheets. I mean, uh yeah, I don't know. I mean,
1: well, for that matter, if we're gonna talk about different power sets where, I mean, I don't remember too much about Elektra ever having anything other than just, like, enhanced, you know, fighting, enhanced speed, like, nothing. Yeah. Nothing, like, maybe a slight level of telepathy, or...
0: Yeah, there's a slight, there's one run in which she has a, she has a slight little, like, psychic ability, um... But not this, f- but you know, it, future talent. Yeah, but. not this, not this Nicolas Cage and Next, yeah. uh, Power. Where, yeah, she can pr- see what's gonna happen before it happens, and or she can see where someone is. Uh, yeah, her and but going back to uh, uh Carigi, he ha- shows that one time with McCabe where he can see something that McCabe couldn't have even had seen, like when he touches McCabe's head and then sees them escaping out of the. In, in the orchard? Yeah, I... And that made no sense. Right, and I do feel like Electra's power set changed even within the
1: movie, so...
0: Yeah, like her ability to throw that sigh at the end. Right. I mean, you realize how hard she had to throw that for it to go through that many of those hedges? Now, there is one superpower that apparently she had that uh, really
1: was... Uh, well, completely unnecessary. Apparently, when fighting there's a fan down by her feet yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that keeps her hair blowing, but yet never messes yeah. it up. It's always still perfect.
0: Well, <laughs> it's that there there's that the introduction to her when you first see her in, in the movie. And there's like f- wind blowing at her from all different directions. In fact, as she turns, you almost wonder if they were sitting there going, Oh my God, her hair is going to be in her face. Her hair is going to be in her face. And maybe they adjusted one of the fans to blow it off. But, but you're going, wait, isn't she inside at this point? Like, yeah, (laughs) she's inside the house. It was, it was
1: jarring enough or so obvious that I wrote down, uh, unnecessary hair wind and opening fight.
0: Yeah. And then when they're out in the woods and she's doing like the speed running, but yet it takes her forever to get there. (laughs) I, I did, I did now that I'm going
1: back through my notes, you brought up Mark uh, Miller, um fake name brought out of nowhere not a comic book reference you know just kind of a you know and obviously it ends up not even being his real name i do think it's yeah. super weird that they picked mark miller as then yeah. as mark millar is definitely at yeah. this point like a big powerhouse in comic books like maybe i'm yeah. just making too much of it because millar is one of my personal favorites like his ultimate runs and just you know his uh not not DC or Marvel stuff like uh, Kick Ass and
0: and some yeah. of
1: that. That's uh, some of my my favorite books. So I just I mean Old Man Logan. Yeah, I mean yeah, I'm a
0: I'm, yeah. I mean he
1: he is he's up there for me when it comes to writers. So that name kind of was like really like Mark Miller, Mark Millar. Like what what? Is, all right, whatever. I mean it's probably coincidence, but you
0: know. Yeah, but you never know. I mean. It- I mean his movies would get going a few years after this with Wanted. So wasn't that his first his first comic that got turned into a movie? It might have,
1: but I don't know where he uh, was
0: re- I don't
1: know where they've given him credit in the the cuz I know he wrote Civil War as well, but that that happened after Wanted.
0: Yeah, no, Wanted was I think 2007, 2008. Yeah. I think it was Wanted. Cause and I, then of course, you know, Kick-Ass and The King'sman and yeah, because uh, I had read
1: Wanted before I went
0: and saw it in the theaters. So
1: there's the version of Wanted that I want to see, and there's the version that we got.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be that. That'd be a fun one. You want to do that one? We can, <laughs> we can go ahead. And put you down for that. You 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 kind of just volunteer. Apparently. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about character wise? Uh, any portrayals? Any? No. Anything else?
1: I mean, I have some just random movie bits, but I mean. I guess uh Typhoid Mary. I mean, granted they only called her Typhoid.
0: They only call her Typhoid, yeah. But right. let me ask you this, and I I don't want to come across as insensitive or anything. Going talking about going back and rewatching the movie and kind of the way my mind interpreted things. I envisioned when I think back to this movie, of her being played by an Asian actress. But she's Norwegian.
1: Yeah, I mean but, I mean, I guess since everybody else, you know, most of the other, you know, the hand are Asian. Maybe, you know, somewhere in your brain it gets... She doesn't necessarily have the cliché Norwegian look to her. Yeah. I mean, she isn't the big, you know, 6'3", blonde. Yeah, you know, she definitely, yeah. she definitely has more of a... I mean... The, the blackish
0: brown hair, the you know, the more tan skin. But And talking about powers, like her powers don't match up with no. Typhoid Mary and they do the comic. <laughs> they don't even Her power is I can kill plants, but not people.
1: Yeah. Um and it just I feel like I mean you could almost do Typhoid Mary now. I think they even did in the Daredevil show if memory serves.
0: They did it in the second season, yeah. Alice Eve, right? Yeah,
1: um, but I, I just again, it's one of those like we want the name, we don't want the character. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, because the, in the comics, she's just like she has telekinesis. Uh, she has uh pyrokinesis. Um, she she can do like that power that uh oh, I forgot which number it is. Um, uh, Umbrella Academy, where she says, "I heard a rumor." Um, she can make the suggestive um mental oh, okay. thoughts. Yeah. Um she she she's actually in the comic book she's again talking about that DC connection. She's very similar to Crazy Jane. Yes. Where Typhoid Mary actually has different personalities. Cuz there's Bloody Mary, there's Typhoid Mary, there's whatever her real name is, and each one of those identities has their own power or their own level of a power. Yeah, and then they did this one where she's like
1: Poison Ivy, I guess. I don't. Yeah.
0: Poison Ivy or whatever that character is from a uh, mortal Kombat that has the kiss of death. Oh, but yeah, yeah, it's weird. And she, again, she doesn't, she's not successful at anything. I don't know what her intention was at the beginning when she blows the kiss at the guy at the table who doesn't stand. And then she full on lock lips with Jennifer Gardner, but that doesn't end up working. And then she, uh, she just, she doesn't even do a kiss. She just goes, uh, this is hard for a podcast, but she just goes to Abby.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, she just, she just breathes on Abby. Some, somehow Electra coming back from the dead
0: made her immortal, I guess. I guess. And I, I guess technically she did kill Abby because Electra had to bring Abby back. Yeah. Yeah. But still, not very successful. Although, and even though I joked about it earlier, <laughs> her death scene, her taking the sigh to the face. <laughs> and I know you don't actually see it, but ooh. Yeah.
1: Now, since since you, pro- you did a lot more research into the comics, I don't remember in the comic books the hand, like if you kill one of them, them turning into a green puff of smoke.
0: No. Okay. No, no. No, that's uh, that's definitely something they stole from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, I think that just had to do... Because I read a quote from Rob Bowman where he said this movie was 12 frames away from being a rated R film. Okay. And I think it just had to do with they didn't want the dead bodies. You know, you really don't see anything that's graphic in nature. Like I said, the even... Typhoid getting hit in the face with the sigh, you just see the sigh right as it's coming at her face, and then they cut away. Right. The most gruesome thing you see is McCabe's head get cut off, and but there's even no blood. It's just a clean. Yeah. No, you're right. And,
1: and, all right, I didn't even think about that as the reason why they did it because, like, the body just explodes into green dust. Rather than seeing, you know, a dead body.
0: Also, uh, since you mentioned that, it makes me think about Stone. So Stone can withstand just about anything except a tree falling on him.
1: Right. And how long did it take that tree to fall? Yeah. I mean, he hits it. It she. It starts falling over. He has yeah. time to turn around, run over, and start smashing. Oh, him, he moves
0: around. Yeah.
1: Starts smashing the tree like it. Like, I have never seen a tree take that long to fall. Like, it was, like, and it aimed for him. Like, it just...
0: Yeah. He just ended up, even though he had already moved a few times, he happened to end up right up under it.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was kind of like, I was like, wait, he took a shotgun to the chest, a side of the back, a couple other things, but a tree falls on his head, poof, green smoke.
0: And then also like uh Tattoo since we're talking about all their deaths uh Tattoo apparently completely vulnerable if his tattoos are alive like he apparently he's not even aware of his surroundings
1: Yeah that was I mean you're going to hear it in next week but the the character of
0: Tattoo is just terrible <laughs> <laughs> um and then well is he is he more terrible than the I, I mentioned him just because he's part of the group but the Kinku guy the guy who seems to have no powers okay
1: here's how bad that was i looked him up because i was like wait who is this guy and then they had a picture of him at the meeting when he had like when karuji had the group like to like yeah. say oh dad you're not doing it right and I didn't remember him being there. Like, he was like, all of a sudden, I was like, wait, who is this guy all of a sudden fighting with? That? Like, where did he come from? Wait, he was there the mm-hmm. whole time? Oh, yeah. Oh, I completely
0: forgot he was there. Like, I just yeah. didn't, I mean, he's, I didn't yeah.
1: notice him until right before he died.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's the first one taken out and he's killed by, uh, by, uh, Mark Miller. Uh, and of course, that also when Abby reveals her powers. But yeah, he's not. The character is not from the comics. He's the one that not even the name is from the comics. He didn't appear to have for a minute there. I thought that maybe he had a power with the the knives, like yeah, he could he could control the knives or something. But then that doesn't happen, and he doesn't seem to have any ability. And then yep, he's hit by a knife and just poof. Yeah. There you go, gone. Yeah, and taken out by the guy who has. Like, little
1: to nothing to do with in the rest of the movie other than just stand there. (sighs) What seems to be the problem, pal? There's just so much pain in the world, so many issues. I don't think I can bear it. Well, friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette. Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture-themed podcast or something? That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR! But I already
0: get my entertainment news from Variety.
1: Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up. That's the spirit. Pop Culture Roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories.
0: Alright, well let's go ahead and get into the moving panels. We've already been talking about a lot of it. Uh, So of course there are some loose connections. Uh, Of course Daredevil, uh, not Daredevil, uh, Elektra. We saw this in Daredevil. Elektra was killed by Bullseye in the comics in Daredevil 181. She is brought back to life in Daredevil uh, 190, although she would Die again later. Um, but that's a whole different uh, storyline. And what's funny, the reason I wanted to bring this up, is so in the comics, she's actually... The resurrection is actually being performed by the hand. Um, and not by Stick. And the Chaste is his group. They never refer to them in the the movie. But his team, you know, the, the right. guys in white that drop from the, the trees. And... It is actually... Daredevil comes in. They, they actually stop the resurrection. They get Electra's body. Uh, it's kind of a long story. Daredevil uh, does something that cleanses Electra's soul before the the ceremony is finished. And then it's actually Stone. Because Stone's a good guy in the comics. Again, she is a good guy in the comics. And she's actually the one who finishes the ceremony that brings Electra back.
1: Yeah, again, it's one of those, like, you know, I wonder what they would do now, like how much better it would do now if you let a director who actually likes the, the character and and yeah. likes the source material.
0: Yeah, well, and again, that's where Kevin Feige comes in. That's what, why Kevin Feige took his power, he's actually a fan of the... The comics right and then so, and then
1: you know three years later when favreau takes you know his shot at it and, you know kind of shows the world how to do it but
0: yeah well you know what we got daredevil back uh from netflix and he's now in the mcu maybe they'll bring that electra back even though they've already done the resurrection storyline on netflix but maybe they'll bring her back i mean i'm I sure know.
1: i'm sure this is a whole nother one shot um and i know you've already did kind of a one shot on it but it seems like we're going to be getting the Netflix actors, but not necessarily the Netflix stories.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very <laughs> curious as to as they keep building that since they've already um, brought it, at least two of the actors in from the Netflix stuff. I mean, I'm ex- extremely excited about Daredevil: Born Again because um, that is just a great comic, uh, and so I'm I'm hoping they. They do it justice um, with a sixteen-episode series. Yeah. Um, but but let's let's get back on track with Electra here. The the thing about Stick sending her away because even though she's the most powerful, her heart is filled with hatred. Um, that's actually from the comic. That was something that actually happened. Although in this movie, they kind of make it a throwaway. Like, don't really give it any. I love how it just comes back later. Like, what this was all a test. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 (laughs) of course it was a test. Uh, That just seemed so, uh, (laughs) like, like they just needed that plot point. Right. Like, but, but again, that it was from the comic. Um, the other thing from the comic, which I mentioned earlier, was the name McCabe. So, it's this made up character for the movie, but the name McCabe actually is from the Electric Comics. So, in Electric Number 1, in 1996... Uh, there is a teenage girl with her father, which again, kind of also maybe a little connection here. A teenage girl with her father, and they end up as bystanders during a fight with Electra and Bullseye, and her father is killed, uh, you know, being too close to the fight. Uh, Electra then takes uh, her name's Nina McCabe. Electra then takes in Nina as her kind of roommate. It's kinda of, kinda of reminded me a lot of Catwoman. You know, how Catwoman had the roommate. But takes her in as the roommate. She is then later killed. And just like we talked about earlier, how the hand resurrected Electra, the hand actually resurrects Nina, and then they train her to then go after to kill Electra. So very convoluted. You know, yeah, but comics. That's as, comics. As you do. So part of me, part of me really wondered the name McCabe and then the whole teenager being a fighter. And if that's not loosely where they're getting some of the idea, maybe there was more to this story originally. So I don't know. I did hear at one point that Mark Miller, the character of Mark Miller, was supposed to be killed earlier in the movie. And then they decided not to because they wanted the love interest yeah, because you know that made any
1: sense. Like, hey, I just met you. Now I'm madly in love with you.
0: Yeah, and uh, you 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 were hired to kill us, but let's
1: let's make out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm still, you know, getting over, you know, Matt Murdock here, but now I'm now I'm deeply yeah. in love with this guy. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Good old- okay, so we, we, we're we're bashing it and we're about to bash it some more. So I want to take it let's let's make a little little side turn. I want to talk about one of the things I absolutely love about this movie. And I talk about this a lot of the time. The cinematography. I'm not gonna lie. This is a beautiful movie. This movie is shot really well. I'd agree with you. Yeah, uh, Bill Rowe was the cinematographer. Uh, there's some great shots. There's some great things that do remind you of those like classic martial art movies. You know, uh, even even with the the floating. Uh, bedsheets I mean there's something about it that is very reminiscent of movies like one of my favorite uh movies and talking about cinematography is the Jet Li movie Hero okay it's just a beautiful movie to watch and I get hints of some of that where you can tell that Bill Rowe he was looking at this movie as a you know martial art kung fu you know, classic movie. And I think that's what he was going for. It's just the story and the direction didn't really make it work. No, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, there.
1: well, you know, we'll get there. But I mean, it's not, like I said, it's... Jennifer Garner isn't the problem, but she is. Like, I think had they found a way to get her interested. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily make it a better movie. Maybe it saves it from ending up on the bracket that it's ending up on next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know that uh, financially, it. I think the only movie financially that has a Marvel movie that has done worse is Howard the Duck.
1: Yeah, and see that that's where um, the movie industry really took the wrong lesson here, because they really were like, "Well, that, clearly it's because uh, people don't want female-led superhero movies." Yeah, But that's not what happened no. here. The movie no. bombed because it wasn't good. Like yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't Jennifer yeah. Garner's fault. It wasn't the no. fact that people won't go see a movie with a woman. It it yeah. has everything to do with the fact that like you guys didn't do a good movie. Like
0: yeah. because
1: you know, when did Catwoman come out? Catwoman came out around the same. It was after.
0: After. It was after. Yeah. But yeah, this this um, let me do a quick little Google search here imdb thank you for help actually no it was before it was 2004 okay
1: because i know they were saying something about we wouldn't get another female-led superhero movie until captain marvel no wonder woman wonder woman right yeah so there's like a you know almost a 10-year gap between electra and wonder woman and it's like it's not jennifer garner's fault it's not electra's fault no it's a bad movie but you know the movie industry went well look catwoman bombed, look electra bombed but you know it's like guys it didn't bomb because it
0: was a woman it bombed because it was bad because even though it's not a comic book movie i mean kill bill came out in 03 right and kill bill not only a female-led action movie but even most of the villains were female yeah. I mean that was a huge success. Well, and, so. and
1: again, that's um that's where like Hollywood and their math are their thinking, like they're gonna they're not gonna look at it and go, well, clearly Uma Thurman and you know uh, Lucy Liu and all those people that they're, they're looking at it and go, well, it's Quentin Tarantino. What? No, you can't like you can't on one hand go, well, it's because it's a woman, and then you know ignore the the fact that it worked over here. Like, yeah, it worked yeah. because Tarantino knows what he's doing.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but then you also had before this, you had uh Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie, which was successful. Mm. Um that is true. But yeah, I mean, I
1: mean it, it's really one of those things that like Hollywood takes whatever lesson they want, they whatever whatever narrative they wanted to have and says and and uses that as proof. Like, you know, like they were, you know, they're they're they'll use their movie math to justify anything. Like,
0: yeah, I feel like it's also that bias against comic book movies. Right. You know, like we, we get all those quotes from, you know, Martin Scorsese and all these other directors that talk about how much they hate comic book movies. And so I think it's that bias too of, um, it's a comic book movie. Uh, yeah, it can't be, it, it can't, we can't have a, a female led comic book movie. There can't be a female superhero. No one wants a female superhero. Cause yeah, there's still. I mean, oh, boys, the head catwoman boys have won't this... pay for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will uh, if it's good. Yeah, I mean,
1: look at um, look at the first Wonder Woman movie. Look at Captain Marvel. Like that,
0: those movies will make money if they're yeah, good. But, <laughs> yeah, but then you st- now Wonder Woman's probably the exception here. But even Captain Marvel, there's all this hate on Brie Larson.
1: Yeah, well, that's just because that the online uh, trolls have. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know. it, it just it makes no sense. And but yeah, and and then you've got Bethany and I have talked about this, and we'll be coming back to talk about uh, the rest of it. But you know, that's been the whole thing about the She-Hulk series Ugh. is just the the attacks on it, mainly just because it's a female-led comic book yeah. uh, story and. You're just like, dude, I mean, it, these work. They're good. And that's uh, I mean, Yes, we've had these bad ones like this, but I mean, I, it can still work. It's not that we don't want it. Yeah, I know that's not part of this episode, but that's
1: why I loved that last episode of She-Hulk so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, again, Bethany and I will be talking about that uh, probably uh, sooner than later, um, to be honest. Uh, so let's, let's tackle, there's one more thing I want to tackle. I, I kind of want to ask your opinion on this. What was the point of her having OCD? I I think they just they wanted to just
1: make the character They thought maybe if they made her OCD they'd make the character just that much deeper or like give it another but level. Did it? No, it was just Like it didn't it didn't serve any purpose. No, and, and I think I I feel like you know I mean, you go back, you, you had brought it up earlier where the original script was under Oliver Stone and some other, you know, like we like you talked about with Hulk, like there was so many generations of the script yeah. that who knows where that came in and nobody thought to take it out. Yeah. And like it never, it wasn't really brought yeah. up before or again, like they kind of brought it up with the cleaning thing, but they
0: never really specified that that was OCD. No. Which they've made that work. I mean, we talked about Jason Statham earlier. The the uh transporter movies. I mean, he's clearly very O C D. Yes. But they actually make it part of the character. Right. And it worked, but it it made it didn't
1: make any sense. I think that's why this movie didn't work as a whole. Like because there's just so
0: many little things where you're like, What 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 is that? Like yeah. where did yeah. that come from? Yeah. That and having a it's like the world's greatest assassin who can't be stopped by anybody unless they're blind or bedsheets <laughs> cuz let's point out electra gets her you know gets gets beat by both daredevil and stick like she gets beat by both blind guys she ever encounters and then her powers don't even her little nicolas cage next powers don't even help her with the bed sheets. Like she thinks she's get, seeing a head, of, but then he's not there when she goes to stab. And it's just.
1: Yeah. That scene was just so bizarre. And, yeah. And, you know, again, with the hair blowing, it just. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that reminded me of something else. Going back to Jason Isaac's little, you know, exposition at the beginning where they're trying to set up Electra. To be somebody that you know we should be oh, she's mysterious, she's been, when he says, you know they say she whispers in your ear before she kills you, who would have said that <laughs> <laughs> you know until you said it,
1: no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I should have caught that, yeah, because if she's whispering <laughs> in your ear and killing you, you're not telling anybody about it,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Like unless she's leaving witnesses, which she clearly doesn't, yeah.
0: You know? So I think we I think we've we've said enough and we've kind of uh, shown our hands a little bit. But let's go ahead and get into our final decisions: bag it, stack it, or trade it. Uh, go ahead, Nicholas. What say you? Um, I guess stack it because it's not a, okay. it's not
1: terrible. It's not necessarily worthy of uh, bagging and putting it up on the wall. You know, yeah, it's just maybe worth keeping around. Yeah. Uh, no
0: i'm in i'm in the
1: same boat yeah i i wrote the biggest crime this movie makes is that it takes a very interesting potentially dynamic character and makes her boring
0: that, exactly that is probably the yeah. greatest greatest way to put this yeah so it, i mean it's so dull yeah so that that's where i stand with yeah, I'm same. I said stack it and for almost the same reasons. I mean, my my notes here. It I will say this though. It wasn't as bad as I remembered. Um, I actually think I liked it a little bit more in this rewatch than I had remembered liking it um when I had originally watched it. Uh it's bad though. I'm not going to say it's it's good. It's bad. Um it, to me it's the pacing. The pacing is just weird. Um, the way they, they go from this this very big opening scene to then all of a sudden they just put a big old halt to it and she's just hanging out in the house waiting for a, a call. And then there's, it feels like, like we've kind of talked about, there's just, there's things missing. Like there were story elements that needed to be told that weren't told. Um, again, it's decent. Uh, we, it could have been worse. I mean, Catwoman is worse. Catwoman Catwoman is a laughable uh movie. This I don't think is laughable, but like you said it's dull. Right. It's just dull. And that's the the one thing that hinders it. And 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 the ending I think is also a good sign of that. We had movies like Spider-Man where you get the big ending of him swinging through the 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 city and then he swings right at the camera. Doing his thing. This movie, she just walks away. And then the credits start. Yeah. Like, there's there's no, like, you know, you're not going to do anything cool. Like, even, even if they had done something where she's walking away and then, like, something... I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I know there really wasn't any vehicles, but let's say they did the thing where, like, you know, a car drove by and all of a sudden she was gone. At least something... That indicates, you know, oh, she's still on the go. But nope. She's just in her black trench coat, just walking away, you know, talks to to Stick for a second, and then, alright, I'm off. And it's just dull. It was just boring. Yeah. That's that's where this movie suffers. It's just boring. But anything else you gotta say about uh about Jennifer Gardner's Electra?
1: No, I think I've said it all. I mean, you know, I I yeah. think you know, she clearly proved with Alias and a few other things here or there that she can pull the action hero off. You know, and, yeah.
0: And Peppermint, do you remember Peppermint? I haven't seen that. I keep it's on my okay. list,
1: and I do want to watch it, but I just I keep yeah. forgetting.
0: It's it's a movie that just kind of fell under the radar, but she's pretty good in it yeah. in terms of an action star. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I mean, she has the chops so again like it wasn't necessarily the casting of jennifer garner as electra especially at that time is like you know spot-on perfect casting it was just that it's whatever reason she didn't want to do it and they were like well nope too bad you signed a contract rather than like uh let's yeah. figure out somebody who actually wants to be here <laughs> yeah yeah you know, Yeah. know so bad. so you know i don't know i mean i i think had they kept it street level instead of putting in these random, somewhat non-canon powers, it definitely mm. would have been better. Like,
0: Yeah, if they had done something that was more of a... I mean, I hate to kind of compare it too much with Black Widow, but I mean, the two characters are very similar. Uh, but, you know, if they had maybe kept it... I, again, I know Black Widow gets the, kind of the bigger stuff, and the Black Widow movie's kind of bigger, but if they had kept hers more of... Almost like that opening scene was kept her more of like a spy. I mean, I know she's a ninja, but make it more of a you know, a, a covert mission and you know, her actually having to use her skill skills to accomplish it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The 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 trope of of, you know, oh my my mission featured this Little girl, and now I have to protect this little girl. I mean, we've seen it done better. I mean, I mentioned Train Spotting earlier. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, not Train Spotting, uh, Transporter. Yeah, you know, I mentioned tra- Transporter earlier. I mean, w- the professional. I mean, we've seen it done
1: better, right? Well, and so, and the trope of like, you know, we just met, now we're madly in love. Like, yeah, you know, it's like uh, so tiresome. Like, yeah, you know, there, there's yeah. I mean, there, there are ways. And I hope now that Disney has or, you know, Marvel has all these characters back under their their umbrella that that maybe we will get a, a better version. You know, uh, yeah,
0: the Netflix version's not bad.
1: No, I mean, Elodie Young yeah. did a did a really yeah.
0: well, you know, good job. Yeah. And, the and, only bad in Netflix is Iron Fist. Um, but that's another conversation.
1: That's everything I had in my notes. So
0: yeah, I, I think I think we've got it there, and I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Electra. It's okay. Like <laughs> the the moving panels. You, know, you put it on the poster. Moving panels says Electra is okay. It's okay. Uh, as, long, as long as you get that like question mark in there, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was just like my opening. Talking about Sometimes it's even better. Or is it? Because that's... Okay, I'm going to ask you. We're, we'll end it with this. Is, is Daredevil better? Or is Daredevil worse? Because Daredevil's got some camping... And I'm a, I, look, I'm not going to speak because I'm biased. I'm a huge Daredevil fan. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll ask you. If I get to
1: choose the Daredevil director's cut...
0: Nope. You don't get to choose the director's cut.
1: I would say that Electra is a better movie than the theatrical version of
0: Daredevil. Yeah, see that that's where I was that's why I did the opening the way I did. Was is it better? Like did um, we get a better movie?
1: If I get to choose the Daredevil
0: director's cut then no. No, yeah. <laughs> and that's the so I why I own the Electra director's cut. I can't tell a difference between the theatrical and the director's cut. Like, I can't tell, like, maybe some scenes are just a few lines longer, but, um, but I had heard like Rob Bowman say like, oh yeah, they gave me full reign on this director's cut. Uh, I don't see it. Whereas like, yeah, the Daredevil one, you get a whole subplot that just completely changes the, the tone of the movie. And yeah, I mean, the director's cut makes it a such a better
1: movie and I'm, I'm, I don't can't remember if you've done the daredevil i know you've talked about it haven't,
0: yeah i talk about it all the time but we haven't actually done the yeah. movie yet
1: but i mean watching the the special features on on that one where avi Arad tries to say that the theatrical version that he put out was so much better
0: than the director's no, cut was
1: like that's all i need to know about you don't know you need to be removed from these movies yeah, you keep cl- selling
0: toys stop doing movies you clearly
1: don't know what you're talking about yeah
0: all right, well, let's uh, end it there. Thank you, uh, Nicholas, for joining us. Uh, anything you want to uh, uh, promote or talk about with your podcast? Um, not
1: really. I mean, we just finished up that Halloween thing that we'll I'll talk about again um, because, I mean, that was a massive project. I'm, I'm trying to come up with some Thanksgiving stuff. I think I found uh, an interesting way to do a, uh, a Thanksgiving bracket, so hopefully that'll work. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're going to do the Macy's balloons, but I haven't, Very cool. uh, I haven't quite figured a hundred percent how to build that one just yet. So working that out, but we're, we're transitioning. We're definitely doing a lot more video with media pod smash. So, you know, we're, we're, we're doing some interesting different things over there in the media, pod, yeah, wa- in the
0: media pod. I, smash watched Shell's, so. I watched Shell's video on the, uh, the Halloween cereals. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a that was and I actually I think I had purchased all of those cereals already for my daughters, so it was kind of fun. I actually just recently got the Hocus Pocus two cereal, so um. But yeah, yeah. Check all that out. Check out uh everything that Nicks uh, Nicholas has got going. Um, and check us out. Uh, follow us on social media. Um, like the show on whatever you're listening to us on so that we can get that uh, the extra push to get out there for other people. And tell your friends about us. Tell your friends about all of the podcasts. Pop Culture Roulette. Tell them about the 80s Flick Flashback. Tell them about Interview with a Horror Virgin. Go out there and do it all. But uh, we'll end it there, and we uh, will finish this talk and check out next week as, like I said, Nicholas and I are joined by Tim Williams from the 80s Flick Flashback, and we are going to break down what is the worst comic book movie so check that out but for today for moving panels i'm laramie wells and i'll see you on the other side of the page Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to the 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s flick flashback podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Go.